Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect. This is episode 372. We are recording this on Sunday, July 18th, 2021. I'm David Lott. Joining me is Bobby Jackson. Hey everybody, how's it going? And Yasha Wilson. Hey, hey, hey everybody. Hey, 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 everybody. Indeed. How's it going, guys? Um, plenty to talk about this week. Uh, indeed. And, indeed. And, I mean, let's let's just jump right in to the big thing. Uh, Loki ended this week on Wednesday. What was that? Six episodes, right? It was our, our sixth episode. First yep. season is done. Um. We are going to share our thoughts on this, and I'll say up front, uh, it's our opinion that if you're listening to this, you've probably watched Loki. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about spoilers for that final episode. With that said, if you haven't and you don't want to hear what we're going to talk about, uh, just take a look at the show notes, and I will put times in the show notes where you can jump to to kind of pass this our, our thoughts on Loki so it's not spoiled for you. So, with that said, let's talk about it. Uh, let's, who, who wants to start here? Yasha. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go to you. First of all, I mean, what, did, right. you, what did you think of uh, this finale and the whole season of, of Loki? I mean, the buildup was there. The tension was there. The excitement was present. The anticipation was very strong. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the season finale. I'm uh, looking forward to season two. As, uh, as I found out, I don't think that I was in the know that we were going to have a season two of Loki. There might have been you know, rumors or n- notes on that. But I, it was a surprise to me when they flashed the, the scroll across the screen and said, you know, Loki will return in season two. I am excited. Um, I've, you know, I love the idea of what, how they brought and bring everything together. This, this universe that they have essentially created is, is, is fantastic. It's just so much fun. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed Loki. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next. I'm really looking forward to learning about the new Kang that comes in. Um, it's just, I mean, other than just exciting and I enjoyed it, I really, really did. I only... Felt like there was maybe one episode or one uh, moment in the show where it was kind of slow and a little, a little dull for me. But for the most part, this season, this series was incredibly creative, a lot of fun to watch, and a very, very detailed but patient explanation as to what we should be expecting with the continuation of the storylines of the multiverse to help bring in more characters um, from other worlds. So I'm excited. This was cool. All right, uh, Bobby, your thoughts on Loki? I think where Yasha was very excited, mine is a little bit more tempered. I I, I enjoyed Loki season one. Um, I just wasn't super excited about the show in general as a, as a whole. Um, I think it's, it it mainly stems from the idea that I just can't shake the idea of Loki as a good guy. Um, I don't know what it is. I just, I guess that for so long of reading the comics and, and watching the animated cartoons and stuff, he's always been a bad guy or a trickster or, or something of an, uh, just straight up villain as opposed to being sort of an anti-hero or, or so. Um, so it's, 
hard to uh, get behind that concept of him as a as a antihero or a good guy. But when I do kind of am able to push it to the side, I do like what's been shown for us in this first season as the character evolving and growing. Even though this was the character from the Avengers, he was ill able to kind of get to an arc to where uh, he's similar to the Loki that died in in um, Infinity War. And so I think there, there's an aspect of that that I do like in terms of they do give the character an arc, even though it's not necessarily the arc that I would choose for the character. It, it, it still is a working uh, story. And what I, I do like about it in general is the time element and the the story of how it all works and what's going on in 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 regards to the larger marvel picture and seeing the 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 last episode i thought really worked for me as someone that is enjoying these shows in general like when i say that loki didn't hit for me exactly the way I think everyone else did to me I'm saying the show's like an 8 out of 10 so (laughs) everyone else might be at a 9 or a 10 on it I'm like at an 8 which is still really good but I just think that um, for me the the thing that I was most interested in and what it paid off in the end was the, the time stuff and how it's going to unfold for the multiverse and see where that all takes us and what they come back with at the end of the day after all that is said and done or maybe not said and done what we get in a season two has me curious and and interested to see where they go with that whole element and storyline for a season two so i think that it the the show in and of itself was maybe a little uneven and I, i would have liked a little bit more uh other things I think in the larger framework of what it's trying to do in setting up stuff for the next phase, I think it did that really well. And and I'm excited to see where it takes us. Uh, As for me, uh, I really enjoyed the season as a whole. Um, I think right now, as it stands with the, the Marvel shows we've got so far, this, this has been, I will say my favorite I, I, in the end, really liked WandaVision, WandaVision a lot, but there was, you know, the first couple episodes, I don't know how I felt about those, but overall, I really liked Loki. Um, I get what you're saying, Bobby, when it comes to the character of Loki, and there is a, a certain aspect of that, too, that I still kind of, like... I don't know, it gives me pause, I guess, when it comes to this show, like how he is in this and if I really buy into would he really, does this really work for me that he would be like this now, <laughs> like compared to the Loki I know <laughs> in the MCU, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But overall, I really dig the show. Um, I'm also saying this as someone, not to sound like a broken record, that, but as someone who's not all that well-versed in the Marvel universe, you know, in the comics, what I know of Marvel, I know from the MCU and that's really it. (laughs) Um, so I also watched like this finale and, uh, I really enjoyed, even though it was very exposition heavy. Um, but I liked it 
I, you know, and I also know I'm coming at that as even though I'm not as well versed in the Marvel comics, I also kind of, you know, for the most part, know what's happening in the MCU, like casting wise and the, and all the news that we we hear about who's going to what we're going to do next in these movies and where we're going. Um, so when, you know, certain character pops up on screen, I'm like, oh, OK, like, cool. I, I didn't know he was going to be in this, but all right. <laughs> like, uh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, um and, uh, you know, but I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm also curious to hear from people who really don't know anything about Marvel. Like, for instance, I know my parents have been watching Loki and I haven't had a chance to ask them, like, so what did you guys think of this finale? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be curious to hear, like, if they're like, oh, it's great. Or if they're like, yeah. like, what the hell was that about? <laughs> like, because right. it was so exposition heavy and it wasn't it wasn't like a finale that. Like it wasn't at all like the WandaVision finale, which really felt like an ending, you know, this didn't. But then at the same time, we we now immediately know we're moving into season two eventually, Um, which it sounds like wasn't necessarily like a kind of a plan all along is what I'm gathering that that maybe this was a more recent decision to move into a season two uh, based on what the, the current director has said about it. Um. Bobby, it's like interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I saw something today, and I didn't read the article. I didn't click on it. But I saw something that said that they didn't know for sure they were getting a season two, but they had planned for a season two. And I guess that the ending that they went with was uh, contingent upon them getting the season two. Right. So it seems like they knew they wanted it. Uh, they just didn't know if they were going to receive it. Yeah, because it would be it would be interesting to have this kind of ending and not have a season two. But at the same time, I guess well, in in one respect, it wouldn't be too weird because this also seems like stuff that's going to now move into like the various films that we have coming up, you know. And I I could also see a world where we wouldn't necessarily still have to have a Loki season two, and it wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'll never see these people again, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. One thing I guess I didn't realize is that Jonathan Majors was cast for this before he was cast in Ant-Man and the Wasp, the third film. Um, and I guess that's basically how he got cast in Ant-Man. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that had been public knowledge right. up until, I guess, maybe yesterday or today when they interviewed the director and she mentioned how she was a part of the um, casting for Jonathan Majors along with, um, what was it, Peyton Reed and uh, I guess maybe Kevin Feige. So, yeah, I didn't know it. Uh, it was interesting to hear that. And so it, it's kind of cool to know that they she had a part in it as well. And yeah. it wasn't just sort of this thing that they just did for the movies and then, oh, decided to stick him in here as well. Right. But yeah, overall, I really I really enjoyed Loki quite a bit. Um, I'm excited for a season two. I'm excited for where this goes from here. Um, yeah, I mean that that's all I got. Especially considering m- maybe when it comes to spoilers, you guys might have a lot more to to say or share than I would. But I'd be curious if you wanted to bring up anything else. Well, I would like to just I mean like I understand where where Bobby's coming from because I actually appreciate where he's what he's saying with uh with loki being more of a trickster and the god of mischief and 
more of the villain. I mean, that's how I've always read him as well. Um, but like to echo what you said, uh, I do think that, you know, the arc where it kind of transitions from him being the villain to almost opening up a little bit more and being uh, the uh, the good guy that we're kind of seeing now, I like, but I still don't trust the guy, if that makes sense. You know, like, I mean, I yeah. still think it's pretty, pretty interesting, but uh, it's a lot of fun to watch that that development of the character. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's something I just have to eventually just embrace and, and kind of get over and just accept that that's what this version of the character is in the MCU and, and sort of get behind that and, and and then maybe enjoy it on that level a lot more because, yeah, there's it, it doesn't seem like there'll be any turning back. And it wouldn't surprise me based on that season finale that if Loki ended up becoming a character much in the same way of like, Iron Man in, in a sense where he's kind of a through line through the next phase mm-hmm. and, and seeing him show up in some of the other movies and, and kind of trying to uh, right this wrong in, in a sense, or is it a wrong? Who knows? So it's, it's the implications are there. And so if we're going to be following Loki as the main kind of through line, then it, it would behoove me to kind of um, sort of root for this version of the character because he, he does seem to be trying and uh, he it's not like it, it was done in a vacuum. It, it, there There's precedence for it, even within his uh, uh, pre-snap character. And so uh, I think that that's kind of just like that journey that the character is going on regardless, based on everything that you saw in the Thor movies. And um, as far as anything extra to add at the in the end, honestly, David, I, I don't have a, a ton because I, I've mentioned maybe once or twice before on the podcast that even though I have a, a lot of Marvel knowledge, I didn't have a lot of Avengers knowledge before because I didn't read Avengers until way late in, in terms of me uh, when I was collecting comics. I was more like into Spider-Man and Hulk and um, a lot of the sort of maybe singular characters more so than the, than the group books like the Avengers. Like, I, I think it was Spider-Man, Hulk and X-Men were my main focus back then. And Avengers would pop up in obviously crossovers or big events. And I'd see them in that respect, but never really sort of collected them singularly as a, as a, as a group book. And the only real taste I ever got from them was much later when... Um, the animated shows start coming on like uh, earth's mightiest heroes or some of the other stuff mm-hmm. that was showing the, the animated forms of these characters and some of the storylines that were from the comics kind of being adapted into the animated shows. So um, I only know of Kang mostly through stuff like that. And there's th- these implications of um, when he was first shown to be announced by uh, Kevin Feige they said he was playing Nathaniel Richards and not specifically, I don't believe it said Kane in, in the, the casting. And so um, one of the thoughts could be that when we do meet him in uh, Ant-Man and, and, and the Wasp quantum mania, uh, he could be like non Kang and could be like a, a, a regular guy that we see in the 31st century and then becomes a Kang or something like that. Who knows? So it's almost hard to start to kind of speculate because of the infinite possibilities of what could be there in terms of what we're going to see. 
all I really know is that we'll see Jonathan Majors maybe become a, a threat be, through this next phase, um, only in the sense that we know that Doctor Strange's movie comes up. Well, first we have Spider-Man, which from all reports, it will deal with multiversal aspects. Uh, if it's to believe that the other Spider-Man will show up, the other people who played him. And then we also have um, in between that time of that and Ant-Man, we have Doctor Strange, and that's titled Multiverse of Madness. So we know we'll deal with multiversal stuff in that as well. What we don't know and what I, I don't ha- believe has been reported, even as rumored, is if Jonathan Major's character will show up in either of those two movies. Um, we have heard that Loki will show up in Doctor Strange's movie, so there's a possibility that he could pop up in there, and maybe they're keeping that as a surprise because they don't want to reveal too much about the villain, or maybe he's a building villain like we did for Thanos, and he kind of gets shown a little mm-hmm. bit here and there until ultimately we see him in uh, Quantumania, but that's just speculation at this point it's just to me the idea that um there was an article that came out yesterday i believe it was that said that marvel had a meeting and they explained the rules of how the multiverse will work to everyone and so that makes me feel like they know what they're doing and they have a plan and have it all worked out in terms of how this will uh eke into their movies going forward but at what point do we know when Shang-Chi takes place and will it have any effect on that? I don't know. Will it have any effect on the Eternals? I don't know. But they know, and I'm excited to see what they have planned for us. I mean, really, the, the, the reason they are so successful right now is because I think they've, it's really great that they have an idea of what they know what they're doing and they have a plan. Like I would not, I would love to see the whiteboard or the template of like, okay, well, we have to have, you know, we have to have these three events take place in this storyline. You need to build it around this, but these three events need to happen so that we can branch off and do this. We need to have these three events happen in this story so we can branch off and have this, and that connects Shang Chi to the Eternals, the Eternals to Doctor Strange, the Doctor Strange is the multiverse, bringing it back to Ant Man, so we can bring in Fantastic Four, so we can do it like. I would love to see the whiteboard drawing as to like how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. <laughs> That'd be great. I would just love to get a sneak even without don't, you don't have to explain anything. Just show me that board. Just let me look at it and imagine it. Cause that yeah, would be how's pretty, it all connected? Uh, pretty amazing. It, yeah. And it would be fascinating yeah. to get like, let's let's like finish this phase right or however many phases to like finish this major arc right with like a main Mm -hmm. villain kind of like you're saying like now maybe another thanos not not you know not thanos but like let's say jonathan major's character villain character is indeed the kind of villain that would arc across three phases um right to see after that's all said and done like a you know, like Disney Plus has their like gallery behind the scenes stuff that they've been putting out for like Mandalorian and such. Like to be able mm-hmm. to see like the behind the scenes development of like this all like either just a single phase or all the phases of like 
how Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige like work with all these filmmakers to be like, look, these are like the main kind of things like you guys are saying that this stuff kind of has to happen. Otherwise, write what you want to write. But just I'm also very fascinated with how they accomplish what they accomplish. I would I would love, love, love to see that. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about that, like, earlier this weekend, because um, she had just watched um, Black Widow. And that's literally what we were talking about and what she had to say as well. She's just like, it's really impressive how they have, they've connected this enti- these entire worlds, like, these worlds that they've, they've essentially created and have all going, and they really bring it all full circle so that it makes sense and it works together. And she would love. Yeah. She she just thinks it's it's fantastic, and I agree. Yeah, it is. No one else has been able to duplicate it, and they've tried. And so it's not an easy thing to do. Even though you can see it as they're sort of doing it, you can't just duplicate it on your own. Right. Right. Well, that was Loki. What I mean, everything I've been kind of hearing, it sounds like maybe season two would go into production like late this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see how soon we get a season two of Loki. Um, so this weekend we also got the release of a new film, um, space jam and I'm, I'm bringing this up and now I'm even blanking on what the the full title is. This is like new legacy. Yeah. 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 Pretty sad because I saw this movie and I couldn't even think of what it was called. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) all right well i went first on loki so david you got to go first on this one all right definitely interested to hear what you have to say so yeah space jam a new legacy let me get that right um so i did see this not only did i see it i actually saw this in a movie theater um which i say it like that because it's on hbo max so it is extremely easy to watch at home (laughs) and I saw it in the movie theater because and this comes down to the only reason I saw this movie at all is because my kids wanted to see this, uh, especially my daughter. My daughter seemed really like excited about seeing this. Um, so, and the kids haven't, hadn't been to a movie theater since the pandemic. This was their first time going into a movie theater for quite a while. So they were excited about that. So yeah, we saw this in the theater. Um, and, uh, I actually had never seen the first Space Jam until like a week ago. Uh, what that movie came out in? It looks like '96. So I don't know. I guess I was yeah '96. I think I was just at a place where when that came out, I just it it seemed like very much just like a kids movie to me that I just didn't have an interest in. And even though at that time, especially I was, I mean, I'm, I still love basketball, but I remember at that time, like very, very into the NBA and I still never saw that. Like just never did. And then knowing we were going to see space jam, a new legacy, I found it on like, I think Hulu or another streaming service. And I put it on for the kids and I ended up watching basically all of it. And I was like, it ended. And I was like, okay, that was about what I expected. (laughs) I don't know what to say about it. Like, it's fine for a kid's movie. Like, I don't know. Like, so then I go and see this. And, um, you know, 
it's kind of the same. Like, it's it's like I hesitate to like hate on it because it's like you know really for what this movie is trying to be and accomplish, yeah, it's fine. Like you know the kids, my kids seem to like it. I think it's a good kids movie. <laughs> like, and I don't really think of it any more than that. Like, you know, I mean it's silly and. I mean, obviously, the entire concept is ridiculous. Like, it's, but it's a kids' film, so yeah, okay, whatever. Like, one interesting thing about this movie, and I mean, we saw this, and people, were, I think, were saying this based on the trailers that it does have. It's it very much seems to like be borrowing from like the look of the kind of world of of um, Ready Player One. Um. Hmm. You know, with these, like, you know, and I'm not going to go into spoilers in this movie, but in this movie, you have this, like, this Warner Brothers, what was it, the uh, Warner Brothers uh, server verse. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and basically, all of these Warner Brothers properties you see, like, in, in almost kind of the same form, like we see in the Ready Player One film. Um, where they all like have their own like little planets, if you will, like in the the very the ones they keep going back to in this movie are like Game of Thrones and the Matrix and uh, Harry uh, Potter. Harry Potter, yeah. Um, so I mean, it was interesting how much that f- certain aspects of this movie felt like that movie, Ready Player One. But um, and then also it was kind of distracting. Again, not, I'm not spoiling anything. You see it in the trailer, like when they're actually playing the basketball game, and you have this crowd of fans. It, especially as an adult, I, I found myself like you. Every time you go to a different shot, you're like looking around at the fans to see what kind of characters there are um, from mm-hmm. all of these different properties, like Batman, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, Wizard of Oz, and again, Game of Thrones, The Matrix, like all this other tons of stuff. Um, mm. So it's kind of entertaining in a way just to like constantly scan this audience this at this game to see like what random little characters they threw in and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they're hoping that there'll be some like rewatchability there. People will probably go back just to rewatch over and over to see if they can see all this other random stuff. I mean, um, but will I be doing that? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> like, you know, the movie is what it is. It's fine. Like, if anything, I do kind of like the, you know, the message it's kind of telling, you know, a father in the relationship he has with his son. But, uh, you know, I don't have much more to say about it beyond that. You know, it's what I expected. Could I, could I recommend it? It, You know, did, did, did your kids want to see this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Take them. (laughs) Like that's. Do I would I recommend you know maybe a friend an adult friend to be like oh should I just go see this on my own yeah I mean probably not <laughs> but I guess it depends I don't know well I have a question before yeah. before Yasha before you jump in and, and give your uh, thoughts on it for the characters that I'm curious about are the Looney Tune characters like you have your Bugs Bunny and your Daffy Duck and all those characters like right. that. From from since I haven't seen the first one, I, I don't have anything to compare it to. But um, what would you say in terms of how th- they are as characters in this movie to the old animated cartoon shorts 
are the characters like do does bugs bunny feel like bugs bunny or does it feel kind of like off in some sort of way does does daffy duck act like daffy duck or like like how do the characters act in this movie um from what you've seen and and been able to tell obviously knowing the old school cartoons from back in the day and how they acted uh i mean i'll answer this but also I mean, I definitely watched Looney Tunes as a kid. I, but at the same time, I guess yeah. I, I wouldn't consider myself some like expert or you know aficionado on Looney Tunes. So I mean, I might say what I'm going to say, and somebody else might go, "You're insane." I mean, to each his own. But I mean, yeah, for the most part, I get they feel like Looney Tunes characters. I mean, I I haven't rewatched the trailer since I saw the movie. But all, all I will say, too, is I remember more recently seeing like a commercial for it on TV, and you see visually that the Looney Tunes characters look like more computer generated, but uh, all I'll say is they're not like that the whole movie. Um, Mm. So in that respect, I I wouldn't, you know, if maybe someone is listening and going, yeah, I saw their computer generated. What's up with that? Like it's that that's not like that's just like it's, that's part of the story, you know, but I also can't remember if that's even brought up in the trailer. Maybe it was. Um, but as far as the characters themselves, I mean, yeah, I, I guess they feel like they, they felt like the Looney Tunes characters to me. I don't know about you, Yasha. Okay. Well, let me, no, you go, Yasha, and then I'll ask a follow-up question because there's something else I kind of want to know. But I'll ask it to both of you after you give your thoughts, Yasha. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, to, to answer your question too, like, I mean, I, I do feel like the Looney Tunes felt relatively like looney tunes and i like looney tunes i think they're they're great i I have a special place in my heart for them they're they're fun they still make me laugh um i've watched some of the new looney tunes that they released on hbo max and i thought they were very funny you know they're ridiculous but i mean they so they did feel like that as far as this movie goes in comparison to maybe because i'm older um maybe I, the storyline i don't know um this was this made me laugh there were moments that i did laugh out loud and there were moments that were there was some savagery and i thought it was just brilliant and i thought it was great and some of the Looney tones interaction with lebron and everything was was fun but this was this movie was dumb like it it, it was it was not it was convoluted. It was all over the place. You can kind of see what they're doing as a kid's movie. I guess I can kind of understand where you're coming from. Um, like David said, as a kid's movie, it's fine, but it was all over the place. And honestly, one of the things that kind of kept rattling through my head during it was Warner brothers has no idea what to do with this. So they just threw all these advertisements for all their other property into this movie it was it was almost distracting and and ridiculously stupid because i mean they they had even so they went so far as to even have the animated dc universe show up in this movie like it was just so all over the place of just like hmm. let's just cross stream everything and see if we can drum up some more watching and streaming by throwing everything in this movie and it was it was distracting and i thought it was stupid I thought that was dumb. And like you said, David, like, I mean, after a while, it came to the point where I would sit there and I'm watching and I'm looking at the crowd and I'm trying to see who else, who else they put in the crowd. Right. You know, like all the, all the different people that were, that were there because you can see, you can see Batman, Batman returns. You can see the mask. You can see the penguin. 
You can see Clockwork Orange. Like, I mean, you literally can see all these characters, Harry Potter, like all these characters from all these different movies. And it's just like, what in the holy shit is this? Like, this is it, the Matrix. Like, everything, the references were just so over the top and so blatant that, I mean, I'm not even a, I'm not even mad at advertising, but when it's just so... Like, let's just throw everything in there and use it as a gigantic commercial for all of our other properties and not focus on this. I get frustrated. And I was like, this is this, this is dumb. Would I re- recommend it to somebody? Probably not. Like, I mean, I would be like, hey, if you have time, maybe watch it. But for the most part, it was a huge disappointment in what I thought would be a fun and funny movie. Now, maybe kids are going to love it and eat it up, but I like LeBron James. And when I've seen him act in other stuff, which isn't a lot, he's hilarious. Like he was really funny, but this is just like, dude, you are, it's so blatant that you're reciting lines. And it's like, it's just not great. And like I said, he's not an actor. I get it. He's a basketball player. Um, I don't know. I partly want to go back and watch the first one, but it's like, I felt the first one was so funny and so silly. I was like, this is great. Like this is, you know, exactly what it should be a little bit center and you have a direction, but this one, it's like, like you said, they have this whole universe or server verse for all the Warner properties. And when he's going through it, like you literally see here's like Batman land or Harry Potterville or whatever, the, you know, whatever the fuck, you know, excuse my language, but it's like, Every time you turned around, it was like a different advertisement for a different Warner Brothers property. And it was like they weren't even trying. They just weren't even trying to be discreet about it. They literally just threw it in there just to throw it in there. Like in the first Space Jam, they had little tidbits and little jokes and stuff like that for the adults. This wasn't even that. It was just blatant, like blatant assault on your senses of what it is like of all the Warner Brothers properties. And it, all it did was just kind of reiterate what I've said before on the show. Is like Warner Brothers does not know what to do with their property. Like they don't, they have no clue. Like once they get a hit, they drum it to you to, to death, and then they expect you know reward for maybe revisiting it or trying to throw it out there again. It's like, hey, remember this? Remember how cool it was? Watch this again for the next fifteen times because you haven't seen it enough. Like yeah, we did cool, right? But it was just it was so over the top and so such a mess. It was dumb. But it, I mean, if it's a kid, it's a kid's movie. So it's just like, I mean, I don't know. Like, like I said, it's like, I like LeBron James. I like, you know, Looney Tunes. I love the idea of bringing, you know, trying to have another story. And I kind of got behind the idea of the story. I guess maybe dumb is just so, it's too harsh of a word and a little bit mean, but it's just like the, the, and Don Cheadle was fantastic as he always is. He was fun to watch and kind of savage, but just, it was it was a little bit of a letdown with the assault on your senses with all the, all of Warner brothers, other properties. That's just kind of where I was at with it. Yeah. It's especially going. And at first I'll say in reference to, you know, the assault in your senses with the other properties thing, like it is weird too, though. Like some of the stuff, like you, you know, you mentioned, uh, like in clockwork horns, it's like, okay, weird. like, like in, in the, in the context of a kid's movie, like I think I saw the nun from what is that? Is that like a conjuring spinoff? The, yeah, I saw her yeah, too. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like really? Is <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing here? <laughs> like stuff like that. Like, you know, for me as an adult, like I know I'm not sharing spoilers, but like there's a there's a scene where it's in Mad Max Fury Road. 
and yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah like for I me somebody who loved that movie i was like oh, okay wow we're doing this all right <laughs> but you know again in the context of a kids movie it's a little like wow you guys are really just like you aren't just going for the kids warner brothers properties you're just like everything um and I don't disagree with you, Yasha. Like, is this movie dumb? I know you're now you're cut you were second guessing, oh, is that maybe a harsh? I'm like, no, it's not harsh. Like, I I totally agree with you. The movie is dumb. Like, but I guess I also feel like I mean, this is like there's different kinds of kids' movies, right? It's like we you know, we see Disney kids films, Pixar kids films that are like, yeah, they're kids' films, but they're very, very good, you know. Anybody of any, mm-hmm. any age can enjoy those movies. But I don't know. I guess I feel like even just going into this, I mean, this is a movie about a real-life basketball player playing with Looney Tunes characters. It's like, you know, like it, to, in the end, it's kind of what I expected. Like, like, I don't expect this to be the kind of like, you know, movie for really all ages that would warm the heart of anyone like kind of film like this just is just silliness from the get-go like and in that context i'm like well yeah it is silly and i mean and my you know kids i think would enjoy this for the most part and and i will say like i'm also coming at this as someone who did not see like the first space jam at a younger age and maybe holds that to a higher level like i just saw that last week and to me both of these films are basically the same kind of thing like i thought the first movie was kind of silly and dumb like you know mm-hmm. and this movie is just kind of the same it's just a different kind of setup with the don Cheadle villain thing going on but yeah i don't know that's that's kind of where i come from and like now i'm curious bobby what was your other question yeah, so I, I think as you were talking about it and as I was mentioning it, as far as how the Looney Tune characters act in this, is can you guys see a path in which the Looney Tune characters could be introduced in an maybe not a shared universe, but in some sort of ongoing kind of series of movies that blend uh, their characters with live action characters, not necessarily as a Space Jam movie, but anything in, in the same way that we have the Muppets blended with real people in movies. Uh, could they do something where a completely different concept in a genre or whatever, but have the Looney Tune characters in it blended with live action that could work? Or do you just think that, that it doesn't really mesh with those two worlds in the same way that it kind of does with the, the Muppets. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know if you want to I mean, take that first. Like, yeah, sure. Um, I'll say I think, yeah, I think that would, I think they could do something if they really, they had to, they would have to hire some very creative people because I do think that there could be a lot of fun with having Looney Tunes and live action kind of mix and match and play off of each other. Like, I mean, I don't know if, how you guys feel. I can't remember if we talked about this, but I think Rod, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is an absolute classic and brilliance in itself, where the tunes are actual people and have lives and careers, and they're, they have imperfections, and they're crazy, and they're loony, and they're funny and stuff like that. I loved all the interaction with you know Disney and and Warner Brothers at the same time. We'll never get anything like that ever again. But when it's done creatively and there's some really strong writing behind it, I think we could have a lot of fun with it. 
I don't think that we ever need to see another basketball crossover or anything to that nature with what they've done with this. But I like the idea. Like, I, but I mean, I think that they should try and maybe launch some more original Looney Tunes stories before they decide to do another big budget production like like this. And yeah, I guess for me, not I don't really see like this just like there being a path for them to try to utilize these characters on film a lot more and like with with human characters i don't know i don't see that happening but yeah i guess anything's possible and uh i don't really have a great answer to that i guess i just think about it just because there's there's such classic characters and you don't see them much anymore and it's one of those things where to, you know, there's more nostalgia today than it seems like there ever was in, in, right. in past times. And w- even though the Muppets had sort of a resurgence there for a little while, it hasn't completely gone away. And as, as long as it's an IP, I'm sure some stuff will still continue to come up for them. Whereas with Looney Tunes, other than the fact that we just started getting some of these shorts on HBO Max, they've really kind of faded away almost. And so mm-hmm. I just wonder if there's some sort of way to keep them in, in sort of the zeitgeist and, 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 and the the public awareness, even maybe if they don't do necessarily a live action blend, maybe just some more animated films in general with these characters and doing movies like that, or maybe even a series or something. Cause it's just kind of like, you know, just seeing those characters, fade to the background other than just having this movie just seems kind of like such a shame in a way especially since i think you mentioned david that your daughter has or maybe both your kids have seen the older uh shorts and and do kind of like the characters so it seems like they would still be um very much viable for a, a current generation of kids as well yeah i mean i don't disagree And I guess it would be interesting to see how they could continue to use them. And I guess, hence your question of doing it with live action characters is probably the most obvious path. But I don't know. I guess part of me wishes there were a path not like another way where it's just animated, you know, (laughs) and not like Mm -hmm. doing a whole like like live action crossover thing which seems so common with a lot of properties like Garfield and yeah. you know I don't that's for some reason that's the first thing that popped in my Sorry. head I know there's been some others but Smurfs Smurfs um, Alvin and the Chipmunks um, yeah yeah uh, but I I, I I yeah I, I would love to see them utilize these characters more but I I guess I wish they could find a way to do it in a way that would work where they don't have to do that like what seems to be the kind of more trendy let's do a live action crossover thing yeah i'd rather just see them more in their normal form but new mm-hmm. uh and, and one last question <laughs> would you rather see them uh as you mentioned there's a sort of a, a, a cgi element to them but uh, then yeah. maybe also <laughs> their old traditional style which would you prefer if you had to kind of go with a direction of just keeping them animated i guess i don't know about you yasha but for me like i i would be fine with either i mean like you know i, I for instance i'm 
sitting here looking at an image right now on IMDb of them like in their computer animated form. And I didn't, I mean, it's fine. I, you know, I guess I know I, I get the idea of like holding on to the, Oh, you know, they should be 2d animated. That's, that's how they should be. But at the same time, I also understand updating them and I'd be cool with it. It's like the new peanuts film, you know, like, they mm-hmm. kind of had a new sh- computer animated kind of sheen to them, but it also kind of still looked kind of like the old animation, and that worked for me too. Like, I wouldn't be against doing a more modern animation. Yeah. Yasha, any thoughts on that? Or? Um, I. I think I stand by you with, with, with this one, David. It's like, I mean, it's fine either way. Like I don't mind either, either or, um, yeah. I, I like the 2d. I like the, the hand drawn look a lot. Um, but the 3d, when they entered in the, the 3d in the movie, it, it was, it was an adjustment, but once I adjusted, it was, I was fine with it. It was cool. Right. So I, I could probably go either way. Um, I'm not super particular on it. I'm more interested in like, you know, it'd be great to see some of those, original stories again so yeah that's space jam a new legacy in theaters now and on hbo max um yeah uh that's all i've seen in the theater uh i don't know um if anybody else has seen anything in theaters you want to bring up before we talk about anything else or yeah uh since yasha went first um, in talking about Loki and you went first in talking about Space Jam. I guess I'll go first in talking about the latest uh, Fast and the Furious movie, F9, the in the Fast Saga. Um, you know, th- this franchise, it's obviously been around for quite some time. And so it's almost at a, at a place where what else can they do and what else can they think of to do with the story that's been uh, nine movies in the making and when the the last time i think the franchise kind of had a shot of rejuvenation was when the rock joined the franchise and that kind of upped the ante and the level of it and and it made it more fun in a way that it it hadn't been before and i was cool with that i I really enjoyed that one that's probably still my favorite one uh but then like this last one that came out not f9 but f8 before or i forget what it was called i I, yeah i can't even remember what f8 was called but um fate of the furious maybe um with charlie's theron i i that one, I don't know what it was about that one, but I went in, think you know, ready to see it and excited to see it, and I just thought it was so over the top and to the point where I just could not get into it. Um, where I just felt like, all right, this is this is at the point where it's just dumb. It, it, it's not in a sense where I can just be on board with it anymore. And honestly, I felt like, okay, I'm ready to tap out because this series is is no longer um, doing what I thought it was doing before and and having fun. It's just beyond that now. It's too animated. It's it's too silly. And so 
I was really not going to watch F9 in before any of the announcements for it came out because obviously we knew that they were doing it, but they hadn't made any announcements in terms of who was involved and all that stuff. So when they initially announced that the director for F9 would be Justin Lin, that had me thinking, hmm, okay, that's interesting because uh, Justin Lin has been really good for this property, this franchise. He's done some of the best ones. And so he obviously know the, knows these characters really well. So um, that got me kind of interested in saying, okay, well, maybe. And then as we started to um, get a little bit more information, you start to learn that uh, there's going to be some sort of resolution in terms of what happened to Han, the character that was uh, first introduced in Tokyo Drift, but then had met his demise and I believe it was um, the seventh film, maybe. And so the one with Jason Statham. So the 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 thing that happened there was like, okay, I want to see kind of what happened with that story. So I, at that point, I was in. I knew I was going to watch it. And then we started to see actual footage from it and see the trailer and see that somehow John Cena is uh, Dom's long lost brother. And I'm like, come on, that's how, how, how is that? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I he just, said, how, I, how? <laughs> I just could not understand it. it. It just, I was like, man, this is going to be so much trash. And so I, I, I get into the movie, um, not really thinking much. And I don't even know how it's even possible but somehow, against all odds, I ended up enjoying this movie. And it, oh, I, wow. I do not understand how <laughs> that happened because oh, wow. it's, I, I, would, I would say this movie is even more over the top and unbelievable than the, the last movie was. And yet, for some reason, <laughs> I don't know why I enjoyed it. I, don't, I, I cannot explain it. Um, it's so dumb. It's so ridiculous. And yet I had a good time with it. And I just can't say anything more than that is because anything you say and and choose to rip it apart for, I would be like, yep, that's true. I agree. But yet I still found myself enjoyed it. And I think what one of the elements I still really enjoy about this franchise and in this particular movie is the closeness and the bond that they have, as Dom would say, family. And, you know, it's just that aspect still rings true in this movie as well and how much they have each other's back. And I think I, I enjoy the elements of that and even getting to see some of Dom's early years and, and kind of see how he got to the point of where he's at. I, I enjoyed the story element of it. I didn't I, I wouldn't say I was necessarily behind the antics and the physics and the, the, the unbelievableness of all, all, everything else that was going on. But I think I like maybe just that core element of these characters interacting with each other and, and the bond that they have with each other. And that I think I found more um, satisfying in this movie than I did in the last movie around all the other fluff and, and impossibility stuff that was going on in the movie. So, yeah, I enjoyed it, but I know that it's not a good movie. It's just for some reason <laughs> it justified the odds that I seem to have liked it. Oh, that's that's great, Bobby. 
That's great. <laughs> but you saw it. Go ahead, rip yeah, it sure. apart. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, I'm all in. I'm all in on this. Yeah, let's strap in, shall we? Um, yeah. Um, I think the Furious that you were referring to was Furious Seven. Is when, um, um, what's her face? Damn it, I just lost her name. Um, Charlize Theron joined. I think that's when she finally decided to join. And I also think that's when uh, Kurt Russell's character decided to join as well. Uh, Mr. Nobody or whatever, who decided that he needs these street racers, quote unquote, to be special ops and special agents for them. Um, Which it just seems like instead, I, I think Vin Diesel has decided to, instead of trying to have two different franchises going, he's just decided to take triple x and fast and the furious and just put them together and say this is what we're going to do and just kind of continue that way um yeah i actually tell my friends to go watch this so that we can shit on it together because it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> like it's so bad and so over the top i just like even to the point where like like bobby like you said when they introduce vin diesel's brother um jason uh who was it? John um, Cena. John Cena. John Cena. Thank you. John Cena as his brother. Like you, I was like, how? 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 This dude who talks about family in every single film, and now all of a sudden he has a brother we've never heard about? Get out of here. Stop it. Stop it. I'm No, that's not okay. And then, like, here's where my, my first problems came in with this movie. They have the throwback scene of them younger. The guy playing Vin Diesel didn't even look like Vin Diesel, like didn't even like remotely come across as like, yeah, that's who it is. The guy who played John Cena, the young John Cena, he looked like him, but it's like, we have technology (laughs) where they can literally de-age these people. And you hired, who did you hire? Like your little brother, your cousin, somebody that's related to you to play young Vin Diesel. Like it was so blatantly terrible. I was I, I was I was dumbfounded with how bad it was, how bad that was. And I was like, this is so corny. This is so over the top, ridiculously stupid. And it's just I, I'm I'm floored as to how much money this thing is really bringing in. It's made over half a billion dollars already. And I'm just like, this is this is great. This is great. We're going to get another one of these. This is fantastic. And oh, we got two. Yeah, more. yeah I had two more. <laughs> we have two more coming. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. That's exactly what we need. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, they're bringing back, I mean, I, they're bringing back people that have been dead. Like, I'm just like, they're just going all in. They're like, you know what? Screw it. Like, this is what we're going to do. Like, bring them back, bring back Han. How are we going to bring back Han? Fuck it. Oh, okay. That's a good reason. That's a good answer. All right, let's do that. And that's exactly how they explain everything. And they just, they have so many throwaway lines in the movie. It's re- it's ridiculous. It's r- absurd. Um, these people who were stealing CDs now are smart enough to build spaceships and go into space. I'm just like beside myself with this. And I'm like, this is, it's so over the top ridiculous. And you know what? I'll probably go see the, the next one or the next two just to be <laughs> just able to, to shit them? on it and talk about it. <laughs> Just to, just to say that I've watched them. It hasn't gotten to the point because it's like it's laughable and it's like I want to see what they're going to do next. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't. I'm interested. Um, but it's it's so just like whoever's hot at that time gets to be in this movie. 
and that's that's pretty much what they're doing and i think it's it's hey they found a template it's financing uh vin diesel's life and <laughs> everybody else i mean nobody else is doing Teresa isn't doing anything else he'll do these until he's you know 60 70 years old he's going to be out there being <laughs> roman all right, <laughs> like, uh, Ludacris hasn't li- released a CD in probably twenty years, but you know, hey, they keep paying him to show up in these movies and <laughs> say his three or four lines. Yeah, fuck it, why not? Right? So it's just, it's just, it it really, really makes me laugh, and it's just, it, I think it's to the point where it's just, to the, it's just ridiculous. And Bobby said it best: it's just dumb, but it, it is what it is, man. You know, they they embrace and they know what they are. And they own it, and they go for it, and they go all in. They're just like, they don't go halfway. They're like, we should go to space. How are we going to go to space? I don't know, in a Fiero. Fuck yeah, dude, let's go to space in a Fiero. Like, wait, what? How does that work? Okay, yeah, let's go that. Let's do that route. But, hey, strap in, man, because you're in for a ride. (laughs) Yeah, I think think Furious 7 was the last one I saw. So, I mean, I guess I only missed... The one after that, the Fate of the Furious. So, and I have not seen F Nine. I don't really have an intention of seeing it because I'm kind of like you were, Bobby. Like, yeah, like it's gone way too far. Because I have been a a Fast and the Furious like defender. Yeah, defender. Like, I I get some of the hate out there, but it's like there was like a period, even like the fourth film and the fifth film, like. That felt like, hey, I, I'm liking these movies, and I can even kind of watch the you know the first three or four and or first three and go, yeah, you know they they're not bad for what they are. <laughs> like, um, I think the last one that I really enjoyed was the fifth one. Like, yeah. I really liked the fifth one where they introduced where they introduced the Rock's character. Like, I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was a lot of fun. I was like, dude, this is cool. Like, and it was you know, I mean, it was over the top. It was you know ridiculous, but at the same time, like. I like the you know the change up and how they the different different direction that they went with the story and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was, you know, yeah, for that. Definitely. But it's, at this point in time where they're hijacking submarines and jumping from plane yeah. to plane or building to building in a car, Stop. I'm just like, oh, okay, just just calm down. Physics still are a thing, right? Like, I mean, they still matter, right? I say I say just stop, but you know people people go buy tickets and see these movies. That's why there's going to be two more of these. Like, oh yeah, you know, money. That's how it is. But yeah, I mean, I've been curious though. Like, you know, I, I guess I'm not shocked by your review, Bobby, because I feel like I've heard that kind of general theme about this. That yeah, it's over the top, but it's a little more enjoyable than like the last two over the top ones. So. It has me going, yeah. well, should I watch Fate of the Furious and then watch this just to see? But now I'm so detached. I feel like even if I watch Fate of the Furious, it'd be like, wait, what is happening now? Who's who and what? What? Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, I could see that. But I don't think you'd be too lost. They make them pretty accessible. Um, like you could jump in whenever and it doesn't right matter. In. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, we're much. bringing back characters at this point whenever we want. It, who cares that this person died or whatever? Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. At the very least, maybe I would imagine you'd probably try and watch the the very last one when whenever it comes out. Yeah, just to see how it all ends. Yeah, I guess if I have to, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Um, 
So Yasha, I know you have to leave soon, if not now. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to bring up before you got to go. No, no, I can I can address it some other time. Maybe talk about some of the other stuff on, on, on another show. But okay. yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to jump here. All right, man. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us. We're gonna hang on for a little while longer for everyone listening. But all right, sounds yeah. good. I'm sure I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, have a wonderful night. All right, you See too. You, you too, you guys. See ya. All right, Bobby. Um. Yeah, we got about like 20, 25 more minutes. Um, hey, I was going to bring up real quick. So I watched the first episode of The White Lotus. Have you heard of this hmm. over on HBO? I've heard of it, but I have not watched any of it, no. Uh, I watched it just kind of randomly. I wasn't like, man, I got to check this out. It was like one of those times where I had some free time at a point in the day. And I was like, you know what? I'll throw this on and just watch this and see what see what this is. And uh, I hadn't even seen like a commercial or trailer for it. I just know I knew of it because it was in HBO Max. So this is a show for those wondering. It's it's on HBO. Um, it's my understanding that it's just going to be a miniseries, um, a six episode mm-hmm. miniseries. From uh, it's written directed by Mike White, who I was not familiar with. I'm still really not. Um, <laughs> he. Uh, um, what has he done? He, I guess he wrote School of Rock. Um, he, he's got a lot more writing credits and directing credits. He wrote The Good Girl. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that movie, Orange County. Um, and he also was, uh, I guess, the creator of a show on HBO that I never saw, Enlightened, who, hmm, which I never heard of think had uh, Laura Dern was in it. Um, I think it was on HBO back in like 2011, 2013 timeframe. Um, anyway, so that's Mike White. Um, the White Lotus is a show about a group of people that are um, going to on vacation to this like uh, it's it's like one of those kind of like high end resorts in Hawaii, almost like a VIP kind of resort experience. And, um, they even have to like take a boat over to it and everything. And, um, it just seems like it's going to be a show just about the kind of drama, but, you know, between these, you know, rich people that are at this resort and also kind of their interaction with the employees there and, and, you know, not spoiling anything, but it definitely starts with like, you're seeing a scene at the beginning that is like basically after the events of this stay. And there definitely looks like, you know, there's going to be some major drama that takes place in the, you know, in the context of the six episodes. Um, I mean, I was interested in enough in it that I'll probably continue to watch at least the next episode or two just to see if Mm. I want to keep going or not. But I'm also not loving it, like, so, I don't know, yeah, and and it's funny because I feel like I'm seeing, like, kind of good reviews for it now, and I'm kind of somewhat surprised based on that first episode, like, I mean, it's fine, like, it's fine enough that I'm going to continue to check it out just to see if I want to keep watching or not, but... That's so interesting. Does that make sense? Like, it's like... Uh like the drama is enough there that I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's one of those things I think we've talked about before. I know Michelle will sometimes say this, like she'll give a show three episodes. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So the, so the first episode wasn't so bad that I'm like, Oh yeah, screw this. Like it was good enough that I'm like, well, 
I could see a world where I'll watch the next episode and go, oh, wow, now I'm, now I'm kind of into this. Or I could see the second episode being like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, this is, this is getting worse. Now I'm, now I'm done. How long are the episodes? I mean, they're like the typical, I guess, hour-long runtime for an HBO show. Okay. Like, I guess the reason why I'm, I said yes and no, I can understand that, is I think I understand that from the perspective of a normal person. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I know it sounds strange to say, <laughs> but it's not a, a knock in saying you're not normal, but in a way you're not normal because, uh, because to me, it's like, I feel like your time is so valuable and so precious in terms of what you actually have time to sit down and watch that, if a show doesn't like immediately grab you and and knock it out of the park for you, that there's a list so long of things that actually True. would that you would just go ahead and jump to the next thing that right. maybe already has your attention and you can continue watching more of that or and maybe double back around to this or, you know, some grab something new that you've heard good things about and give that a try instead of, you know, sort of giving this the benefit of the doubt of another episode. Yeah, no, I get, I totally get what you're saying. But, I mean, and you're right. Like, there are other things I'm currently watching that I'm really enjoying, which I'll get to in a second really quick. I won't, I don't have a lot to say about them. But, um, but it's, this is one of those things where if I find a time where I'm like, eh, even if it's like, this is the kind of show, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it looks great on a big screen, but it's also like, eh, I could watch this on my phone. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm somewhere where I have an hour to kill maybe or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll watch an episode of this. Um, so yeah. And by the way, like some of the actors in it, Connie Britton is in it. Um, Alexandra Daddario's mm-hmm. in it. Um, uh, what's his name? Well, now I know why you're going to give it a second shot. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Alexander Daddario. Now I know you, why you watch this show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Steve Zahn is in it. Um, okay. Uh, Marie Bartlett is... I, I wasn't familiar with him, but he's kind of more of a lead in it. Um Sydney Sweeney is in it. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. I mean, basically, since given the context of the show, where you've got a bunch of people all staying at this resort, there's it's a decent sized cast. But mm-hmm. um, I guess this was. It's my understanding. This was. I mean, this was shot during the pandemic. It seems like it was the kind of. I don't know how true this is. I had heard it was the kind of thing where HBO was like, we we need something that we can shoot during the pandemic. So this mm-hmm. like. It's almost like this show was almost designed and made given the circumstances like where, oh, we can make a show where we can just be at a place and shoot everything there, you know, like at a resort in Hawaii, you know. So I think that's where this kind of show came from. I don't think it was based on any previous work. I think uh, Mike White just wrote and directed this given the kind of circumstances he was given kind of thing. That's my understanding. So yeah, that's uh, the White Lotus over on HBO or HBO Max. Um, and then yeah, real quick, I'll just say yeah, I, some things I have been watching that I'm really enjoying, and that, these are things that are not 
super new, so I'm a little behind here, but uh, I started watching Mythic Quest over on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, I just started the second season, so I watched the whole first season, and I love that show. Like, I was very surprised by it. Like, I remember seeing commercials for it, and I, I guess the only thing I can think of is that being... I love Silicon Valley so much. And then I think I saw commercials mm-hmm. for that and it just immediately gave me a Silicon Valley vibe, but no. almost felt like a copy kind of thing. But this is the video, a video game world thing that maybe right. that's why I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to see this, but it's really good. Yeah. It's from some of the, you know, some of the people behind, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia and, okay. um, it's about you know uh, what's the actor's name that's um in all it's always sunny um trying to bring it up now rob McElhenney. i don't know how to say his last name i know who you're talking about but yeah yeah he's the lead in this he runs a company or he's kind of he created this game uh mythic quest which is like this open world kind of uh world of warcraft style i guess kind of game um, and it's just about him and his, basically his staff, like in their day to day kind of goings of just keeping this game on top in the video game world. And it's really good. There's a, the actress that plays uh Poppy Lee It's her, her name and I'll mess up her last name too. Charlotte, Nick, Nick Dow. Um, I believe she's an, she's an Australian actress. She's amazing in the show. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, the show, the whole cast is really, really good. And I, I really, I'm really liking it, but I just started season two. Um, and, oh, and then, then that first season they have like, because this show came out and I think was kind of ending or maybe it was mid season when the pandemic started. So they did a quarantine episode and I know a lot of shows did random kind of quarantine episodes. And yeah. I, I've kind of heard from some people that a lot of those quarantine episodes, because I haven't really seen almost any of them, um, but I've heard from talking to other people that a lot of them really weren't very good. But this, uh, mm-hmm. this, their quarantine episode in this was actually quite good. I liked it a lot. And I've heard that from other people too. Um, yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Mythic Quest over on it's, Apple TV+. Plus. It, sorry. It, it's interesting because, um, as you mentioned, Apple TV+, Plus there at the end, I they have so many shows that I've heard through the grapevine are really really good and and almost critically acclaimed as such that you've seen the news the news show is that what it's called the one with, oh uh, um, the morning show Jennifer Aniston the morning show yeah so you've got the show like that that has had uh, nominations for awards mm-hmm. uh, this past year or just a few days ago got saw that Ted Lasso got a lot of yep. nominations for awards um, but I've also heard things good things about for all mankind yeah um, same here as you mentioned Mythic Quest uh, there's a couple other things on Apple TV Plus that I've heard are really good and it's it's a weird thing where it feels like um, people who watch TV and movies for a living are talking about these shows in, in Apple TV Plus but the public at large is not really talking about these things and i don't know what that is because a lot of people have apple devices and you know they were doing this whole thing where when you first bought an apple device you got a year of apple tv plus uh so i don't know if it's not enough awareness which would be my guess in that uh 
people see commercials for something like a Ted Lasso or for all mankind, but they don't really understand that it's on a streaming service that Apple has for themselves because I don't know if Apple promotes it in that way enough that they have their own streaming service. And they certainly have the money to do so if they wanted to. I just don't know why it hasn't really um, sort of caught fire in the same way that like HBO Max has, and at least in people being aware of it being a streaming service and even having it uh, to a certain degree. It's, it's an odd thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I definitely have talked to other like coworkers and such that have definitely watched a lot of like Mythic Quest and some of the Apple stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what their numbers are like, but in a certain respect, yeah. they definitely seem like they are being recognized. Like Ted Lasso, especially, feels like the one show that has kind of crossed a threshold of recognition um, for them. Mm. Like I've heard a ton of buzz about that show before I finally watched it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, cause I definitely was late going into that. And I, I mean, I loved Ted Lasso and I can't wait for the second season. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Cause I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 I have talked to a lot of people who've watched Apple TV shows. It sounds like maybe you haven't come across as many people who have, but Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. And I know a lot of people watch stuff on HBO Max, on Disney Plus, on Amazon Prime, but the the Apple TV Plus shows it's a no go. No, I just don't know really anyone. And you haven't either, right? You haven't shows. watched any of them, maybe. No, and I don't have. I don't even have the streaming service. I mean, if maybe if I had had an Apple device to where I got it for a year free, I probably would have jumped on board, but. It was at a point where I didn't want to add necessarily another streaming service. And I know I will eventually at one point in time, but right now I'm still trying to kind of wrangle and handle all the stuff that's on the streaming services I have to be able to watch. And so it's just a matter of really trying to find that time and etch out some time to be able to get on board with some of these uh, Apple TV Plus shows. Well, I I will say this. Maybe I've said this on here before, but when it comes to streaming services... I feel like Apple TV Plus, maybe in one respect, they don't have as much to offer, like a, a, obviously compared to like a company like Netflix who that just pumps out, you know, content after content. But right. I, I feel like Apple TV is doing an excellent job at curating a very good selection of stuff to the point that if it ever came down to, oh man, I could only keep like one or two like a couple different streaming services, Apple TV would almost mm. would a- almost certainly be one of them. Because I know mm. the stuff that is on there is is excellent. If not if not just at least good, you know, mm-hmm. versus some other streaming services where it's like it's hit or miss, you know. Yeah, there's a lot gotcha. of stuff on those services, but a lot of it's crap. Like yeah. I have yet to see anything on Apple TV Plus that was crap, you know. Mm. Maybe there's things on there that's just not my like my you know, in my wheelhouse or whatever, like, Oh, some of their nature shows. I love nature shows, but I'm like, Oh, I'm not exact. You know, I've got too much other stuff to watch. I'm not going to watch, you know, some of this, some of these other things, but they have a lot of good stuff to, yeah, it would, it would be one of the ones I would hold on to if I could only have one or two services for sure. Hmm. And I'm not saying that as like an Apple fanboy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know that's not the case. All right. But, uh, and then, yeah, I started, uh, finally watching Invincible, 
which you've talked about before. Yeah. And we, we've talked oh, about yeah. this off air a little bit. I think I've got like two episodes to go. So I did. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, nice. It's good. It's, it's something else. It's definitely not for kids. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, no. But uh, it's, it's. Yeah, Has it's Michelle good. watched it with you or has you been watching it on your own? No, I've been watching this one on my own. And that's not because she wasn't interested it's just you know again with the the schedules and how much we watch i watch she watches there's certain things we're not watching together so yeah Hmm. i'm watching she hasn't watched any of this yet i think she is kind of interested in it but um yeah no it's it's very good a good voice cast it would make such a a kind of big voice cast in it a really good voice cast and uh it, it's interesting uh, a lot of the at least within the first few episodes there was a lot of crossover of voice actors from the walking dead with the with this uh invincible series and oh, yeah. obviously there's that synergy because robert kirkman yeah. is the creator of the walking dead as well as this show mm-hmm. and uh it's it's funny because as i watch invincible first season I just kept thinking to myself, God, this would make such a great companion piece if uh, The Boys was on right now with new episodes. And shortly here, we will be having new episodes of The Boys season three. But, man, that would be a nice little pairing together because they have that sort of feel and tone. Similar feel, yeah. Uh, yeah, that same similar feel to it, yeah. Which is funny that they're both on Amazon. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, in a world of, and I've talked about this before as well, I know that, like, maybe there's definitely too much random now superhero content. Like, mm. I'm not against mm-hmm. how much Marvel stuff we get or how much DC stuff we get or even other, you know, side comic stuff. But then there's just everything can be kind of superhero. And it's like, ugh. Like, mm-hmm. this, though, like, it's different, first of all, that it's animated. And it's like, yeah, like we've already said, it's very adult but it's good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Looking forward to you finishing that up because those last two episodes are probably the two of the best episodes. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think yeah. it's two because the one I just watched had quite an ending to it without saying anything. And mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I hate being cryptic. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Um, it, was there anything else that you watched? I don't think so. I know we haven't, we've missed a lot of time and I'm sure there's other stuff I've watched that I have not talked about now. I mean, I say that like, I, I like I'm watching tons of stuff. I'm not, but, um, I know I'm forgetting something in general that I've probably seen, but those have been the, the big things on my plate lately. Um, yeah. And I know we're running out of time. So yeah. Anything else you wanted to bring up? Yeah, one real quickly, and only because we're kind of on the subject, and it wasn't something I initially was going to talk about. Um, but when you sort of said that there's a lot of superhero stuff out there today, and it, it can kind of be overwhelming in the sense of how much there is, and it's it's hard to do different takes. And, and I think that was one of the things that I, I, I feel maybe Jupiter Jupiter's legacy kind of um, – had to learn the hard way. It's just that mm-hmm. it maybe came a little bit too late in in the cycle of all these things. Um, but one thing that feels like it's 
as as much as you might almost say that it, it, it doesn't seem like it would be, but for me, it stands out in the way that it, it's doing its own thing and it's so different and so refreshing is Superman and Lois. Oh, yeah. That show. Yeah, I got to catch up I with that. I love that show so much. Oh, it's so good. It Just the way they portray Superman and, and Clark is so spot on to the character and, and how he is and how hopeful he is and, and mm-hmm. just just how earnest he is as a, as, a, as a superhero. It feels good to see that because we do have so much um, on the other side now where there's the bad superheroes or the where there's just sort of a, a a bleakness to the world and and this the the, the original superhero is there right. uh shining that beacon of light and, and saying you know providing that positivity and I, I, it feels good to see that every week and seeing it from a character that deserves that so uh yeah i i that's one show i look forward to every tuesday when it comes on um, and, and watch it live because I really love uh, what they're doing with that show and the character so much. Yeah, I had started that show and I need to catch up with it because I'm with you. I, I've been very surprised by that show and by surprised by this Superman in particular because I was resistant, as you know, to watching mm-hmm. it because I'm like, God damn it. Like I, I'm going to sound like Yasha here, but God damn it. Warner brothers. Like, you know, like you've got a great yeah. Superman on film and you're right. not using it. Why, why, why? And then this show comes out and I'm just like, I almost just want to like not watch this just on principle. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but then I watch it and yeah, this, the take is good. The he's great in the role. Like, yeah, I'm like, God damn it, guys. Like, <laughs> like, I, don't, I know. I, I totally get what you're saying. It's like, how can they get it so right on one side yeah. and not on the other? And it's not just really in this show, honestly. They seem to get them pretty well in the animated movies that they have of him and everything yeah. else that they do as well. And it's not necessarily that they don't get them right with the Henry Cavill Superman. It's just that we haven't seen more of more, it. Yeah. And they, seem to be uh hesitant and, and reluctant to give us more of it so that's the shame of it all and, yep. and i i really wish and hope that they will rectify that at yeah. some point soon so that's just been a long time so that show i know i guess i think it had to do with the pandemic didn't it go like on a like a hiatus earlier like they, are they back to airing a shows now yeah, yeah, it just picked up again uh, okay. this uh, last Tuesday, and this was the second hiatus that they had to take because of the COVID schedule oh. of everything and the filming. So uh, I hadn't heard that they would have any more, and I don't think there's much more episodes. I think this was episode twelve, and I, I want to say it's maybe an ep- a fifteen episode season. So um, they they should be winding down here pretty soon and I don't think there'll be any more breaks the rest of the way through but right. yeah it's a it's a good show on the CW and if you don't have CW there's a free CW app that you can check it out on as well oh yeah true um, real quickly before we get out of mm-hmm. here there's one movie that I did watch that um, I had no expectations going into I honestly never watched any of the trailers I knew of the movie because I had heard about it and who was in it. So I was like, all right, I'll check it out. I mean, I might as well. I have the streaming service. And the the movie I'm talking about is The Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt over uh, on Amazon Plus or mm-hmm. uh, Amazon Prime. 
And yeah, I had not heard or seen any trailers for it. Um, but I did hear initially when it was about to come out that critics had seen it and they didn't seem too high on it. So I was like, oh, that's too bad. Um, it, the concept of it sounded kind of interesting. So uh, I sat down and watched it and I really enjoyed this movie. I, I liked it quite a bit. It, it's, a, it's a good little action flick. Um, it, it doesn't do too much in terms of like elevating any kind of the genre. It's a time travel type of story. Uh, that the the main sort of aspect of the 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 story is that Chris Pratt is an ex soldier who is thrust into a war in the future because there are these aliens that are um, destroying mankind, and there's a lot of stuff that happens obviously within it that I felt like it, it really had a heart to it. Um, it was funny. There, one of the main uh, actors that's in it that was I thought was really funny was Sam Richardson, which he's been popping up here and there in a lot of uh, things that I've seen lately. And he's a funny guy, especially with the material that he was given in this. And um, the one thing I I think is that it added to it. And it felt like something when I watched it. I was like, man, I would have actually loved to have seen this on the big screen. I would have went and sat down in, into a movie theater and watched this. And it must have done well enough for Amazon that they decided to give it a sequel. So there will be a sequel coming for it. I, I don't really know how that would be um, based on what we see in the movie, but I, I'm in for it. I, like I said, I had a good time watching it and I had no expectations going into it because I hadn't seen the trailer and obviously um, only hearing some negative stuff about it prior to me watching it. I really didn't know what to expect, but I really did have a good time uh, sitting down watching it and enjoying it. And the special effects were great and everything about it just seemed like it was a movie that would have hit that nice four quadrant um thing where people would have just been able to go to the movies and, and enjoy it in the summer and it been a nice little summer blockbuster uh in in like a 2019 or something like that but here we are and obviously like i said it did well enough to where people were uh, watched it that they're getting a sequel so i'm on board for it and i don't know if you'd even if this was even on your radar because it's not like it was super talked up before it even came out. I, I think there were some trailers here and there and, and some advertising for it, but I don't know how much of it you were aware of before it came out. See, I feel like I've seen like ads like on the internet and such like a ton for this. Mm. Like, so yeah, no, I'm very aware of it. Um, I haven't listened to or read like any like full kind of reviews on it, but I have kind of just, heard the general kind of like uh negative kind of i guess reaction mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. two of the movie i've heard that it's like a fun movie to pick apart mm. i'm saying this to someone who hasn't seen it but i've heard that like maybe it's just like like i, I like when i heard that i guess my take was oh well it must just lots of things that are just like well that makes no sense and this makes no sense and that makes no sense kind of thing i don't know but, um, that's sure sure uh, but i think anytime you deal with a time travel movie there's that can be easy there's to do, those man. aspects yeah to to be able to pick apart but um yeah i don't know i don't know i had fun but yeah i mean it was one of those things where i'm like when i first heard about it i was like oh, i could see seeing this and then i kind of heard the general somewhat general negative reaction to it not like full-on hate 
but just like, eh, it's mm-hmm. not great. So I was like, well, now it's not a priority for me, you know? Mm. And then, yeah, even though I saw that it got a sequel, I was like, well, that could just be numbers, even though it's not good. Do I still want to see this? But now I'm hearing your review. So now I'm like, well, maybe I should watch it. So yeah, maybe I'll check it out. I th- I'd say it's worth a watch. Uh, it honestly felt like a movie you could, for the most part, watch with your family. Like it didn't really, you know, I don't think there's any sexual aspects going on. And it's really, I don't recall too much uh, swearing. There mm. might be some stuff here and there. I, I could just be forgetting some stuff. But uh, it seems like it would fit in with the the aspects of what's going on. But yeah, I don't know. It just it just really felt like an old school kind of um, alien action film, really. But see, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm having it, it, it's see. I'm having. I think I'm having to convince my daughter to even see Jungle Cruise because she, I think she thinks it looks scary. <laughs> oh well, yeah, the, the, for sure on that aspect it would be scary because the alien creatures the design of them are, are scary and they do scary things so yeah. she would not be <laughs> well suited for that kind but i of get thing. generally yeah. what you're saying like um, yeah speaking of the aliens though real quick i know we're kind of out of time but i haven't seen the movie and i think i only saw a glimpse of maybe what an alien looks like but i got the impression that it is I guess a similar look that we're getting, I feel like in a lot of alien movies now, am I wrong? Like mm. this, like kind of like quiet place, like uh edge of tomorrow kind of like almost multi armed uh, tentacle kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're not wrong in that assessment, but I never really sat there and felt like, Oh, this is, they're just blatantly ripping off um quiet place or, or edge of tomorrow. I, I felt like, yeah, I can understand why they would have this sort of look, but they look different enough to me that I I, I didn't um, pay it too much attention in, in that sense. Well, and I don't mean to bring that up like I'm saying that I feel like this movie in particular is ripping off these other movies. I guess that what I'm bringing, mm. I'm bringing it up in the context of it feels like now we've, we're getting a bunch of alien movies where they all have that similar, generally similar kind of look. And it's getting Mm. to a point for me that I'm like, okay, like I feel like every new alien movie, aliens look like this. Like, Mm -hmm. again, I'm saying this, I haven't really seen what they look like in Tomorrow War, but where it's just like this non-humanoid, which is fine, but like this non-humanoid, like just kind of crazy armed tentacle, random legs or insect kind of look. Right. And it's, it's, I feel like it's getting a little old. Like, mm. and again, I'm not saying that as a reason why I would not watch tomorrow or just in general, I'm like, mm. this is kind of a side conversation. I'm just like, okay, I think I'm ready to move on from this general look with aliens. So <laughs> I want something else. Mm. I don't know if I'm making sense, but no, it makes total sense. I, I, I guess, um, I guess I don't think about it too much only in the, in regards to the type of alien movie we get in the sense that, um, like tomorrow war or like in this tomorrow war, or in um, A Quiet Place, or as you mentioned also, um, Edge of Tomorrow, the the aliens are 
uh, a backdrop in a sense. They're not the they're not the main thing. They're just there for cannon fodder kind of thing. So yeah. I guess I don't care that much about them. If the alien, if this was an alien movie and it was more centered on sort of. I don't know how to put it, but like an, an alien experience, a more intimate kind of thing. I, I kind of would want a, a different sort of look to an alien, something more um, new and fresh in, a, in the design. But when it's just these hordes of things that are like insects, I guess it, it, I don't care. It, it's just like I just want to see them uh, face off in that type of thing where it's not like it's a predator movie or um the first alien movie or you know what i mean is like it's not et it's not like something that's more centered around the the alien itself right these are always movies where yeah yeah, they're just kind of like the backdrop to the actual human characters so yeah yeah no and i I get that kind of i'm now i'm actually i've googled and i'm looking at images of what these aliens look like and i mean yeah they do kind of have that look but in that context of like you just said they're 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 almost like at least from our perspective they just seem like a mindless horde of attacking things mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that's why you would go for that kind of look and i i guess i get it but, yeah yeah but yeah if we get another alien i mean i say this and now i'm thinking i don't guess we ever fully see them in arrival but i guess arrival even though they are definitely a right. much more like they're treated like a much more like sentient mm-hmm. in, intellectual intelligent, intelligent alien. They do also, I think kind of have tentacles and tentacles. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. All right. Yeah. With that, we are going to wrap things up. Um, as always, we would love to hear back from everyone listening. You can email us first of all at, feedback at flickereffect.com you can reach out to us on instagram and twitter at flicker underscore effect you can find us on youtube youtube.com forward slash flicker effect yeah we haven't uh, had live video the past couple episodes or so but um we are going to be coming back to that um but we do have the podcast feed and uh, you can find us there but yeah back on youtube you can leave questions and comments there make sure to like and subscribe Hit the bell icon to be notified whenever we post anything. All that good stuff. But with that, I'm David Lott. Uh, Bobby Jackson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.